Music stopped. Okay. Can you hear me all right, Tom? How's that? All right. Check, check, check. All right. We're good. So a um, couple things before I dismiss the kids. Don't forget the youth groups tonight, and uh, that'll be here at 6 o'clock. And so come back for that tonight, and uh, we'll see you later, guys. All right, there we can. There you can. <laughs> All right. So uh, something that I didn't make uh, for our announcements today that didn't make it, uh, but I want to make sure you know about this. Our motorcycle club that is a lot of our folks are part of this weekend is having a yard sale here Friday and Saturday and all the proceeds go to the hub. And if you have anything that you'd like to donate, uh, see Michelle. Michelle, raise your hand up in the air, and uh, she'll arrange a time for you to bring it. If you got some stuff just laying around, all the proceeds go to that. Uh, we're so glad for those guys doing that, and we appreciate them a whole bunch uh, for doing that. So pretty cool. And if you want to ride with some good guys and sickles, that'd be the club to ride with. Uh, called what, Heathen Hearts? Heathen Hearts, yeah, that's all right. Let's pray, and we'll get right into it. Jesus, uh, it is so good to get together with our family today, and I thank you that you gave us another week. Uh, we, every day that we're alive, we have a purpose and a plan and stuff that you want us to do, and you want us to bring glory to you, to the kingdom. You want us to remind people that you are you, and that we are not you, <laughs> and that we uh, have so much more available to us than we think, ask, or ever thought. So God, just uh, shut my mouth where it needs to shut today and open it where it needs to open. Let these scriptures uh, sit hard on our hearts today, and uh, through your Holy Spirit, would you do something only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. But it's so good to have you. I'm Pastor Jeff. If you're visiting today, hello, hello, hello. Uh, we're in a series called Real Problems. And uh, there are lots of real problems in the world today. Uh, and last week we talked about the real problem of fear in relationships. And uh, although it seemed aimed at married folks, it was for all relationships. And uh, Today, we're hitting everybody. We're, we're going to go right at everybody because it's a, um, today what we're going to talk about is something that, that all of us uh, at one time or the other struggle with. Uh, and some of us may be way too much. And we're going to talk about uh, the what ifs of fear, the what ifs of fear. And that's a real problem. <laughs> that's a real, real problem because fear uh, drives a lot of us. If you're like most people, uh, chances are that it's pretty good that from one day or the other, all of you have, have battled different fears in your life. There's been fears that have come against you, uh, and these fears are real. These fears uh, have real uh, consequences to them, and if they happen, they really could be horrible. And honestly, a lot of you, these horrible things have come to pass. You've lost somebody very important. You've lost... Uh, a job, you've lost uh, whatever, and it has it it affected you greatly. We 
the funny thing is when we're born, we just have two fears. Everybody tells us that there's two fears that you come out of the womb with, and that one is falling and loud noises. And from there to the time that we become adults, somehow we gather this, this whole arena of fears that, that just bottled up, and sometimes they're put on us by other people. Sometimes we uh, just fall into it and we find ourselves very uh, scared and thinking about it to where the point where sometimes those fears consume us. Those fears take over our, our, our thoughts. There are so many fears, and I don't want to go into all of them, but there's four basic fears that we all struggle with. And, and I, I know today you can go to any psychologist or counselor and they, they've got a, a phobia for something. There's a phobia for everything, for dust. There's a phobia. Somebody that can't stand dust and is afraid of it. There, it, there are just tons of phobias out there. But they all come from these four areas. The fear of loss. We all know about that. The fear of failure. <laughs> we sure all know about that. The fear of, of rejection, man, you know, I, I want people to like me, and if I put myself out there, are they going to like me, and if I say what's really on my mind, are they going to listen, and all those things are, are real. And then lastly, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the unknown, and that, that, that's big. What, what, what happens if I get cancer? What happens if I get an illness? What happens if I lose that person that's so special to me? I want you to look, church, at what we get when Jesus gets us here in the very first time. When he puts us together in our mother's womb, here, here's, what, here's what you get. This is what comes with the manufacturer. The manufacturer made you like this. Look at first, uh, Timothy. It says this. The next one. Sorry. Uh, fear, you don't have it. Uh, you don't have Second Timothy one seven. That was really dumb, Jeff. Okay, here's what it says. Here's what it says. It says this: God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. That's what you got when you were made. Let me say it again: Second Timothy one seven. And by the way, if it's not here, it's on Facebook. You can find it on there. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. That's what he gave us. That's what he gave us when he made you. Something happened between there and where some of us are today. Most days we're worried. We're anxious. We're overwhelmed. We're even paralyzed by stuff that's going on in our life. Stuff that God did not give you. He never gave it to you. That's not him. Because fear is not from God. And that's why we have to stop living in fear. That's why the, the fears that, that many of you are bound up with today. God wants to free you from those things today. I believe that, that what fear is not from God, and, and it's so important to understand that, well, people will say things like this, it's, it's, um, fear is the opposite of faith, and I don't know that I agree with that. Fear is not the opposite of faith, because I believe that fear is faith. Well, Jeff, what do you mean? 
Fear is faith. How, let me tell, prove it to you. It's faith in the wrong things. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. It's putting it in something that will let you down. Fear is placing your faith in the what ifs. It's placing your fear in the what ifs. What if this bad thing happens? What if they don't like me? Have you ever noticed that most people never say, what if something great happens? When's the last time you ever said that? You remember when you said that? Can you remember even once when you said, well, wow, I can't wait until something great happens. When all these string of horrible things happen in your life, you're going, what's next? Anybody thought that lately? <laughs> what shoe is going to drop next? Because it does. It happens because if you're alive and you have skin on, bad things happen, and they happen to great saved people. Everything in worship today kind of pointed us to that. In fact, if you go to the Old Testament, Moses was guilty of, of asking the what ifs. He goes to the burning bush and he's sitting there and, and God talks to him in this burning bush. And we don't get freaked out about a burning bush. We don't think about it. But if you ever think about it, if you're out in the wilderness someplace and you come on a bush and it's burning, but it's not being consumed, it just keeps burning, you're going to get your attention and you're going to go, whoa. And so God speaks to him at that burning bush. Out of that burning bush, he speaks to him, and he asks him to lead his people out of slavery. And he says this in Exodus 4.1. Did I put that, Charlie? Great. says this. I, I, I'm screwed up, so here we go. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me? There's that what if. He's sitting here talking to a bush that won't burn up. That tells him to go talk to the people. And he says, what if? Are we any different? Are we any different? Because we know what we're supposed to do, and he's told us what to do. Moses says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Wow. What if God is not going to be with you? What if I'm afraid? See, we do it all the time. What if the economy drops? What if I lose my job? What if I get in a wreck? What if something happens to my kids? There is many of you in this room that can testify about cruddy things happening in your life. You can stand up here and you can beat the snot out of this one. You can go, <laughs> I know about that. I know about that. I know about losing this. I know about, I, know, I got it. I'm in the middle of it. Here I am. Here's me. There's some bad things that happen in our lives. But we all play the what-ifs. And if you don't stop playing the what-ifs, you will have very much trouble in this world. Much, much more than God has intended for you to have. 
See, fear is placing faith in the what-ifs. Fear is taking that what you believe and placing it in the what-ifs and not in God. Let me pause for a moment and ask a really important question. Why do your what-ifs matter? Why do what-ifs matter? Why does it matter if I question? Why does it matter if I say what if? Why do I, why do, what does that mean anything to me here today? Number one, your what-ifs matter because what you fear reveals what you value the most. What you fear, you value the most. What you fear, you value the most. For example, if you fail losing your, if fear losing your marriage, it shows you really value your marriage. If you, if you fear something's going to happen to your kids, it shows that you really place a large value on your kids. Again, that's not a bad thing. That's not bad. What you fear also reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear reveals where you trust God the very least. For example, if you're really worried about your marriage and you're not trusting God with your marriage, you say, well, I am, but you're not if you're worried about it, if you're worried about that relationship. If you're really worried about your kids and you're thinking about it, and you're, you're, you, every night you, you can't go to sleep because you're going, are they going to be in a rec tomorrow? Is something going to happen? And, and all these things go through your mind. You're not trusting the protection of your kids to Jesus. You're trying to be him. You're trying to take his place, and he never intended for us to do that. He intended it for us to give them over to him and to say, they're your kids. You gave them to me as a gift. Here they are. That's hard, but it's necessary. Here's what I want you to do, and I really need you to be honest for just a minute after kind of coming down on you just a little bit. I want you to be honest with yourself, and I want you to be honest with God. In what areas of your life are you not trusting God? Just don't think of all, don't start writing them all down. Just, just one, pick one. What area of your life are you not trusting God in? I'll give you a second. I'm going to take a drink of water while you're doing that. Have you got it? Have you got it? Still not. Here's what I want you to do. For the rest of our talk here this morning, the rest of our time, I want to talk biblically. Because this is a real problem. It's a problem. The what-ifs of fear. It plagues so many people. It plagues the world, but it plagues the church too. I want to talk about biblically. What do you do with this what-if problem? What do you do with it? Number one, number one, I see in the Bible, and here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to acknowledge your fear, to say, this is what I'm fearful of. Honestly, when I acknowledge that, then the next thing is this. You have to choose to trust God. It's a choice like everything else. It's like love. 
It's anything you do is a choice, and it's a choice to choose to trust God. If you go to the Old Testament, the context of this story that I'll share with you real briefly is the story of David. And David is in hiding because he has become so popular. The whole nation of Israel loves David because he's doing some great things. Saul, he slayed the giant. The, the Saul is upset with him. And now David has become Israel's most wanted man. And he's in hiding. And everywhere he goes, people are trying to kill him because Saul hates him and doesn't want him to rise up and be the next king. So David is, is being hunted for his life. He's in a horrible horrible place. He has some things to be fearful of. And look what he says in Psalms 56, 2 and 4. My slanderers, that's the people who are saying bad about him. It's not true (laughs) because it's not. He's just doing what God told him to do. My slanderers pursue me all day long. Many are attacking me in their pride. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. He didn't just write it down. He lived it. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? What can mortal man do to me? I choose to trust God. There's the answer. I choose to trust God. What can mortal man do? Kill him, right? Absolutely. (laughs) What can happen when you get cancer? You can die. Absolutely. And on and on and on. You go drive on the road, you can be in a wreck. Absolutely. Horrible things happen every day. Every day. Every day, when I'm afraid, I choose to trust God. I put my faith in you, not in my ability to see what I can't control anyway. David went from thinking about the temporary life on earth, and he shifted gears, and he said, I'm going to start thinking about the eternal perspective because you know what? I may get, I may bite the dust tomorrow. They may spear me. They may take a sword and cut right through me. But you know what? I'm going to be okay. Ultimately, even when my worst fear comes, I choose to trust God. What can man do to me eternally? Bupkis, nothing, nothing. What? Peace that should bring to the church. But it doesn't sometimes because we get so mixed up in all the things going on around us. And they also seem so big and hairy and horrible, and they are. But eternally, it's nothing but just a wisp of time. Just 80 years, 90 years is just a, that's it. In light of eternity, we have got to start thinking eternally, church. That will help you in the present when you think eternally. 
I want to challenge you to be really honest. God, here's my greatest fear. Here it is. And I choose this morning to give it to you. I choose to trust you no matter what. Try that with one. Try it with one. And see what, see what God does. I'm not asking you to test him. I'm asking you to, 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 to do what God has asked you to do, is just to trust him. To give you that, that, that unadulterated trust that says, okay, I'm not God and I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you do it. Here's what I found in my own life. The farther I get away from God, the less time I spend with him, the less time I read his word, the less time I worship him on my own, the more freaked out I get about stuff in the world. Because I, you can't go five minutes and look at this world and go, man, this world is going to hell in a handbasket, right? And you go, what in the world is this world turning into? And you, you, you cannot go there. So I find that the farther away I get from God, the less I trust him. And I would venture to say some of you here today, you love him. I would venture here today that some of you really, really do love him. But I don't know if you're spending time with him. I don't know if you're close to him. Because I know this, where God is, incredible things happen. Where God is, things change. Where God is, things that don't seem like they can ever come about, they happen. There's many of you that could bear testimony to that here today. You could stand up here and you could shout it from the mountaintops. My life was torn apart and I'm still struggling. But I'm here to tell you, every step I take, every move I make, God is with me. And that's what you've got to grab onto today. Our part is to acknowledge it and say, God, I choose to trust you no matter what. No matter what. Secondly, and we're about done. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is, is something that I just said. Seek God. Seek him. Seek God. That's the biblical, whatever you got to do, go find him. You say he's far off. I don't hear him. He's not answering me. Don't give up. Seek God. He will meet you. He not only made you, he not only put you on this rock, he not only set you up to, with all the things that you need, he not only conception did he give you this spirit, of, no spirit of fear, he gave you what you need, the word of God, the Holy Spirit in you to do what you need to do, to face the crap that you're going through. And I'm not saying that when you lose somebody or they die or a child, I, I've lost a child. I know it doesn't go away, but God goes through it with you every moment of every step of every day. God wants you to seek him. Look at Psalms 34.4, David talking again. says this, I sought the Lord. And he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. That's either wrong, and we need to take it out of the scriptures, 
Oh, we need to claim that as one of our life verses today. I sought him. He met me. And he answered my call. He calmed my fears. Calm my fears. I want you to take a moment and pause and think about that verse. Whenever you start to fear, close your eyes, focus on God, and suddenly he becomes bigger than your fear because God gets in between you and that fear. God, stand, his shadow is much bigger than fear. He stands between you and fear and says, fear not, fear not. But it's big, I know, but God's bigger. You see, I, I, need, to, I need to kind of get drunk once in a while just to, so it doesn't go away. I need to um, do something else so I don't feel that. And, and God's saying, no, wait a minute. Let me, let me do that. Let me stand in the gap for you. He will. He will. I guarantee you there's many people in this room that can attest to that today. Seek him, seek him, seek him. There's a story that Beth Moore, Beth Moore tells. She's a Bible teacher, and, and I, I've read several books, and I even heard her speak at a, a conference that I went to years and years and years ago. She tells this story, and the story is this. One of her greatest fears was losing her husband. That was her biggest fear. She said, I, I, I confessed it every day. I, did, I sought the Lord. I did whatever I could. And she said, finally one day, I had a kind of a dream and the dream was that as I sat there and I was telling God what my greatest fear is again, and I, she said, what if I lose, uh, lose my, my husband because I love him so much? He's such a big part of my life. What if I lose him? So she's talking to God and she's praying and seeking God about this fear, this, this fear that she knew that she was in bondage to, this fear that she knew was consuming her so much that she was losing sleep. And at night she was thinking about, what if I lose this, this man I love so bad? And she said, God, what if I lose him? And he said, well, uh, what, what, what happened if that would happen? What, what would go on? And she's like, well, I, if I lost him, I'd go numb. The next few days, my friends would all gather around me. My family would gather around me. We'd have a funeral, and I would probably get through that. But, well, then what? God said, well, what's going to happen next? And she said, well, I, I probably wouldn't get dressed for three months. And, and I would just sit at home, and I would cry and cry and cry. And she felt like God said, yeah, then what? Then what? He said, well, I'd probably get dressed and probably mope around for another month or two and, and sit at home and cry and cry and cry and miss him. I'd be devastated. I'd be angry and I'd be mad and I'd, you, you name it. I said, yeah, okay. Then what? He said, well, I don't know. At some point, I, I think what I might do is start to seek you. And I think I'd be faithful and you would help me and life would go on. Doesn't mean I wouldn't miss him. Doesn't mean I wouldn't think about him every day. Doesn't mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't have all kinds of these, these incredible thoughts of loss. But the fear <laughs> that I once felt would be replaced by knowing that he was with me there through every step that I was going through. See, I'm telling you right now, 
if you go down the train of what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if we go bankrupt? What if the economy? What if it does happen? You might go through a difficult time, but what can mortal men do to you? What can mortal men do to you? Her answer was just like ours should be. I'm going to fully trust God. I'm going to fully put it in his hands because I can't handle it. Talk to some of these folks that have gone through some hard times. And and when you do try to handle it, you're going, man, (laughs) I stunk at that. That didn't work. God can do a much, much, much better job than we ever, ever could. You're going to go through difficult times. You are going through difficult times. Some of you have gotten some incredibly hard, harsh news in the last couple weeks. And it's not your first. There's other things that have been going on. On and on and on. Here's the answer that God wants you to know today. He wants you to fully trust him. He wants you to fully trust him that he's got your future. Because what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Listen, he gave it to you. He never took it away. It is yours. Listen to me, Jesus followers, here and online. You have nothing to fear but a reverential fear for a God who is so mighty and has thought about everything that's going to happen in your life and is well aware and knows exactly what's going to go on and he's got the plan waiting to envelop for you. All he's looking for you to do is to follow his, in his arms and do what the band was saying this morning. I surrender. Because <laughs> that's what it is. I surrender trying to have control. It's not a, just about a, a one-time deal of saying, I come to Jesus and, and he's my Lord and, and Savior and all that stuff. No, it's, it's every day. I surrender. I lost this. I surrender. I'm losing this. I surrender. I will not be in control any longer. Satan wants you to be in bondage. He wants you to to be mad and angry at God. He wants you to be so mad that you don't even believe in him. And that's where the world is. The world is the shape it's in is because the church messed up so much. My generation and before, we messed up. We missed so many generations by telling everybody what was wrong with them instead of what Jesus wanted to do in their life. And the good news that he came, he came for the kingdom. He came to set up his kingdom. He came for that, not to set up this this kingdom on earth where the United States is the most powerful entity in the whole world. No, he never came for that. He came to set the captives free. He came to take people who were in bondage to fear and to say, 
I've got something much better for you. Let's let the change drop off of you. And there's many of you here that can attest to that, that you don't have those chains anymore, that you're no longer the slave to this, this entity called fear, that you're no longer being controlled by the devil because that's what you're doing. You're, you're letting the devil take you places you don't want to go. I, I heard this, on a, somebody said it this week. I, I live in two states. I live in Indiana and I live in the state of constant anxiety. And I think that makes up so many of us today. Where I live in this, this constant flux of where I'm worried about everything. That's not your job. It is not your job. Can I say that again? It's not your job. It's not your job. Acknowledge your sin of fear. Acknowledge that you have a lack of faith. You say, Jeff, that's tough. It is. Acknowledge wherever sin is in your life that, that we are all sinners. And today God calls us in the name of Jesus. He says, here's what I want you to know. I will forgive you. Yes, you were a jerk yesterday. Yes, you're a jerk today when you walk in here. But you don't got to walk out that way. That's the good news. There's good news for those who first hear him and who he is. And there's good news for those that are saved. You don't have to be the same as you walked in this place today. He will hear your prayer. Let me pray and the band's going to come. Father God, we're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've been fearful. I'm sorry that I looked around at the, the tornadoes going around me. I'm sorry that I looked around at the death and the dying and the strife and the struggle. I've taken my eyes off of you just like Peter when I, when I, I followed you. You said, step in the water, and I did. We did.